Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello everyone, welcome to another Parenthood episode and another great topic suggested by actually the same person who asked me to do last week's topic and then they came up with this second topic because they're having a second baby and I thought, you know what, this is a really, really good thing to talk about today but I want to talk about 10 things that I've learned, 10 lessons on transitioning from having one child to two. Um, Now, I could probably do another episode on two to three, but I feel like the one to two is probably like the biggest jump. And once you've had two, you will hear most mums say, oh my gosh, it's like a walk in the park after that. So I remember, and obviously everyone's experience is different, okay? But I remember feeling like I was kind of like playing at being a family, playing house when I just had Georgia. And then when all of a sudden, you know, Liam came along and we had two, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is getting serious. I'm like, we're like a legit family right now. Like we're not just a couple with a child or a couple with a baby, we're like a full-blown family. We're mum, dad, and the two kids. Now, you're all going to have a different experience because it really does depend on you and your personality. It depends on your baby and their personality and, uh, and your toddler. And there's just so many different moving parts, right? Like some of you are probably just going to be so chill and your second baby will be chill, and you're just going to be like, this is the easiest thing in the world, right? Or you might be like me. I started with this really sweet, chill little baby, which was Georgia, and I was like, man, I'm such a good parent. And then I had my second child, I had Liam, and I was like, what is going on here? And I realized really quickly that uh, a lot of parenting is not necessarily to do with, you know, what good of a parent that you are, but sometimes it really does depend on their personality. You just have to work a little bit harder at it sometimes. So um, obviously I'm coming at it from a different experience than perhaps you might, but I still feel like there are 10 generic things that are going to help you today. Um, So I want to share those 10 things with you because it doesn't matter, regardless of all those moving parts, I feel like this will help you. So let me start here. I remember just a few days before I was due to have Liam because he was a uh, a booked-in cesarean, and a friend of mine, also my pastor, I remember she called me and she's like, I just rang to see how you are and to warn you. And I'm like, warn me of what? And she's like, I just wanted to, I, I just, I have to let you know that going from one to two is a really big jump. And I just wanted you to be prepared. And I remember going, oh, thanks so much, but no, nah, I'll be fine. And in my head, I'm like, no, nah, you know what? I think I've got this thing down pat. I'm a pretty good mom. I know what I'm doing. You know, Georgia's so easy. We're going to be fine. Guys, nothing could prepare me for this child 
who came into the world screaming and then pretty much screamed for the next three years. Now, needless to say, it was a huge challenge. My parenting was pushed to the brink. I was pushed to the brink. Uh, But in hindsight, I actually think it probably made me the parent that I am today. It made me a very determined parent and I learned so many lessons. I learned invaluable things like all children are going to have different personalities, but it's not my job to react, but it's my job to shape them. That was a huge lesson that I learned. It's not like I, you know, we get handed this baby and it's like, oh, oops, a daisy, this one's tricky, or oh, wow, that one's easy. It's like our job is not just to react, our job is to go, okay. What is it that God's gifted me with and what do I need to do to nurture and to disciple and to shape this little life? Um, I learned what it is to not give in to a strong-willed child, but how to win their heart and disciple their heart at the same time. Now, like I said, your experience might not be my experience. You might have the most chilled second baby. You might not. But regardless, here are 10 things that I know will help you with that transition from one to two. Number one, divide and conquer. This would have been my absolute saving grace strategy. I'm talking about divide and conquer everything between you and your partner. So Cameron was amazing when Liam was born. So I pretty much did most things for Georgia just because Cameron was working full time. I was a stay at home mom. But once you have a second, you really do have to divide and conquer. That's how you're going to get through, especially those first few months. So really dad needs to step in and get really involved if he's not already with the day to day. Okay. So we divided everything and pretty much the way that we worked, especially because I had a cesarean, but Cameron would always take Georgia and do everything with her. And I would do everything with the baby. Now, if I can just help you a little bit, I probably in hindsight should have, we should have started that process before we had Liam because we kind of went from me doing everything to all of a sudden Georgia um, having to, you know, have everything done um, with Cameron and she was a mummy's girl. And I remember for months and months, all I would hear was this, mommy, do it, mommy, do it. And Cameron would get, he was patient at first and then it'd be like, mommy's not doing it. Daddy's doing it. It gets so cross. So I probably should have prepared her. Okay. So divide and conquer and prepare your little one, your oldest for that. Number two, you've been here, but you haven't been here. That was probably a really great lesson for me. So many things are going to come flooding back. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, I've been here before. And you'll be surprised, you know, feeding, nappy changing, just so much of it comes flooding back. And there will be a confidence because you've been there before. You know, you'll know things like, okay, I know it's intense right now, but this season will pass. But there's also going to be a lot that's new, okay? So just be prepared for both. Be prepared for the feeling of, I've been here before, but hang on a minute, I haven't. You know, dealing with juggling too really is quite different. And this baby is going to be different to your first. So you're going to forget some stuff and still be Googling stuff. And this child's going to react differently to how your other child reacted. And so there'll be that, you know, conflict of, I've been here, but yet I haven't. Number three, 
This is going to grow and mature you like nothing else. Like I felt like I clearly did mature when I had Georgia, but when I had Liam, my personal growth and my personal maturity like went through the roof. Like it really cemented, and this is a good thing, okay? It's it's going to feel challenging, but I promise you it's a good thing. It cemented who I was. It cemented for Cameron and I what kind of family we wanted to raise and who we wanted our kids to be. I realized really quick, nobody else is going to shape these kids. No one else is going to step in here. The buck stopped with Cameron and with me. You know, when I was tired or when I was sick or when I had enough, guess what? Nobody else was going to step in. It was all me and it was all him. I actually want to do a podcast on this, on our capacity. I'm watching a young generation, not all, but some having babies or about to have babies. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they've got a capacity of like a pea. And you cannot have a capacity of a pea when you have a baby. Your capacity has to stretch. You can't expect other people when you have a baby to come in and to do everything for you. And if you've got a really good mum that's going to come and help you, you're lucky. I didn't have that. Um, not only did I not have that, but Cameron and I were, were um, you know, had massive responsibilities in the church. Um, but I did have good friends, which I'll talk about in a minute. But I just remember thinking really quickly, I'm not going to be a victim here and look to other people. I'm going to put my big girl pants on, my big mama pants on. They probably were actually big after baby. <laughs> and I just knew my capacity has to increase. Okay. So this is a good thing. All right. For all your mamas out there and you dads, your emotional resilience is going to increase. Your mental resilience is going to increase. Okay. This is going to make you way less selfish. And just be prepared that it is going to be a stretch and see it as a positive, okay? And and it's the little things like you can't go back to bed in the morning because child one is up, even though baby might be back in bed, or you can't nap when you want during the day because their sleep time might not be in sync yet. So really use it to rely on one another, you and your partner. Okay, so that's number three. It's going to grow and mature you, and it's a really good thing. Number four. This is a big one. Be organized. Now, you can still be a chill mum and dad and be organized, but I'm I'm telling you, organization is going to be your sanity. And like it was all the little ways I was organized. Like I remember with Liam, I hired a capsule so that I didn't have to keep interrupting his sleep schedule when I had to go and pick Georgia up. So this capsule would um it would clip in to the car seat, but I could unclip it and I would carry the capsule in and put it inside his cot. I'd put him in the capsule in the cot, if that makes sense. And so if I had to get him up to get him in the car to go and get Georgia or to take Georgia somewhere, it just really helped that I could pick the capsule up instead of having to wake him up and put him into the car. So little things like that. I had a going out bag by the door. Georgia had a bag. I had a baby bag. They were both always packed so I could grab them and go. Now we are always, we are all different, but guys, another thing that I did that really helped me on the organization side, I always got up and got myself ready and showered first thing in the morning, every single day. Like I know sometimes people are like, oh, you might be in your pajamas all day and that's okay. And you know what? If you want to do life that way, you go for it. But for me, 
I felt like it was just important that for me, I didn't want to do that. I think because I felt like I, I didn't want to feel swallowed up. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but I felt like if Cameron could help me in the morning or I would do things like put a, I would actually put a playpen in um, just outside like the, the shower door so that I could put Georgia in that and know that she was playing and she was safe and the baby was in bed and I would have a shower and I would put my makeup on and I would get dressed. I think it just made me feel better. And also that way too, I was ready um, when the kids were ready to get out the house. Um, and of course, having the baby bag by the door. And, and for me, I needed to get out the house. It really, it really helped. I worry when mums, um, <clears throat> you know, they're told not to take the babies out because they haven't had this vaccine and that vaccine. They didn't used to say that to us. We would just hop out, take our babies. And for me, being out with other people, going and getting a coffee, being out in the fresh air was so good for my mental health, so good for my emotional health. So I feel like I've wrapped two up in one there, but being organized, I think really helped me in that area of my own well-being because I, I felt like I looked nice and I was ready to jump out the house and it just was so good. But being organized is really good. Number five, surround yourself with good friends. This was my lifesaver. Now for you, maybe this is family. I didn't have that. Um, but I had some incredible friends who were maybe a year or two ahead in the season of life and they insisted on helping me. And I am such an independent person that never asks for help. I am glad to this day for one of my, a couple of my really close friends who'd be like, we are coming to take Georgia and you're going to go and have a rest or, or come and have coffee. Let's all meet together. I'll bring the coffee. You bring the babies. And so we would go and sit out in a playground and just my friends were my absolute lifeline. So make sure you've got some good friends. I remember with Ashton. So my third child, guys, this is how good my friends were. We used to cook meals for each other. I literally had meals for six weeks after I had Ashton. And um, I, I don't know, I just was in such a great community. So find yourself a little community like that and be the person that does that for other people, by the way. Number six, live by your values. So once once you've adjusted, okay, you need to give yourself that adjusting time. I had a cesarean. I actually got really sick after I had the cesarean with Liam because my I got a strap, um, strap, 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 strap. I can't even remember. Staff. <laughs> you think I've got I've got puppy brain, guys. I had a staph infection um, in my cesarean wound. Sorry if you're a dad listening, but I was so sick for about six weeks afterwards. So I probably was home a little bit more. But once you know you feel like um, you, your body's recovered and you're ready to get out and about, don't disappear from life. Okay, this is a big one. Live by your values. Now, I've talked about this before. Whatever your values are, don't let your baby stop you from living your family values. Make sure your baby fits in with your family values, okay, right from the get-go. So sometimes I feel a little bit tough saying this, but neither myself or my friends, we didn't disappear from life, right? Like for us, obviously, a key part of our life is church and God. God and church, that way around. Um, and so within two weeks, I was always back at church with my babies, no excuses, because that is living out your values. My value is me and my family. This is how we roll. We love God. We're part of the church. We're part of that community. We go to church. And so 
we, no excuses, as soon as I could, I was back in church. I went out with my friends. Um, I got back to doing my favorite things. I had people over. So your values, guys, will actually become really obvious in this season. And I want to challenge you. Think about what your values are. What do you want your children to learn about what your values are and start living by them as soon as you can. Don't use a brand new baby as as an excuse unless, now please hear me, I am compassionate. If your baby is sick or you are sick, I'm not, you know, do what you need to do to take care of yourself. But once you feel like you've got it together, get out, live your life, live your values for your family. I am still doing to this day and our family still rolls to this day exactly the same as what it did two weeks after my kids were born, okay? Number seven, find time to be alone. Now, I don't like using the word self-care. I read some blogs and they're like, look after yourself, self-care or me time. I've talked about this before. I feel like we've got a really self-indulgent generation and I really um, I really want to continue to teach young girls um, you know, don't fall for that. That is such a, um, I want to say, I want, I've talked about this before, you know, the whole, um, you know, you are enough and all that kind of stuff. I've talked about it on my Wednesdays. It's just, um, it's not a biblical way to live your life. Okay. It's just going to make you focus more and more on yourself. That's why I didn't want to call this, you know, have self-care time, but I do want to stress you're going to have two, a toddler and a baby who are going to be all over you and needing you 24-7. And it's just physically exhausting. It's emotionally exhausting. And it's okay to find as much time as you can uh, here and there to have that little bit of time for yourself. Okay. So um, I heard this podcast the other day where this mum was saying, you know, it's so important that you come first. And I was like, literally talking out loud to the podcast going, no, it's not. I kind of know what she was trying to say, but the more she was talking about it, the more I'm like, no, she's digging herself into a hole there. Do you know what? It's actually an impossible expectation to put on yourself when you've got a newborn to think that you are going to come first. If you go into it, having that expectation, you will probably struggle because guess what? You're not going to be able to come first when you have got an entire human being who is reliant on you for literal survival. You're not going to come first for that, especially that first little while. Your baby and their needs are going to come first. And that is not a bad thing, okay? They are relying on you for your very existence. But I will say if you can, you know, and I didn't, again, I did not rely on other people for this. I decided that I would schedule those moments into my day by putting my kids into a routine, which is another one of my lessons learned. I tried to sync their sleep time so I could catch a half hour where I could have coffee or watch a show that I wanted. I didn't rely on someone coming to babysit my kids, um, even though that was great when they did, but I didn't rely on that. Okay. So find some time to be alone, schedule it in. Number eight, your parenting of your first is going to be exposed in all its glory when you have a second for good and for bad. Okay. So your parenting and what you've let your first child get away with, that didn't seem like a big deal with one. Everything is magnified when you have two. All right. So, um, you know, if your first, for example, is still sleeping in your bed, just think about 
how's that going to work when you've got another child, a second child? Like if the first one has tantrums that you have not gotten under control, how are you going to literally like physically deal with that when you've got another little one in your arms and taking a lot of your attention, right? Uh, if you babied your first, you're going to really feel the pinch of that when you have two, because now you're going to have two, a little baby and a big baby that you have to do everything for. Um, if your first baby, your first toddler is still waking through the night, guess what? Now you've got a newborn who's going to wake at different times during the night. So just think about that. So your parenting of your first is going to be exposed and magnified when you have a second. Oh, here's a quick little tip that I didn't write down. A lot of people try and um, rush to the newborn to stop them crying when they have a second one because they don't want to wake the they don't want to wake the toddler up, and so they will jump out of bed and quickly attend to the baby so that the toddler doesn't wake up. Do you know what best bit of advice ever that I got was? At first, Georgia is going to wake up when Liam cries. Don't worry about it. She will learn to sleep through. I am so glad that I I um, allowed that. So I didn't rush to Liam. And believe me, Liam did a lot of crying, guys. I didn't rush to him all the time to stop him, to give him whatever he needed so that Georgia wouldn't wake up. Okay, so that was really helpful when it came especially to like sleep training kind of thing. So, um, so Georgia actually learned really quickly just to sleep through because Liam spent about two or three years crying. All right. Number nine, make sure that you do as much as you can to prepare child one for child two coming. All right. So, and I know you would do this talking about the new baby, give them little jobs so they feel included. Um, but even things like have them prepped for when you're busy feeding baby. So when I was feeding Liam, I would say to Georgia, come and sit next to mummy and we would read a story together or we would do a puzzle together. So I tried to prepare her before, but even when he first came home, I still did lots of little things just to help her, probably not prepare her by that stage, but to help her cope and transition with this new little um, you know, brother that she found in her life. Um, and I also made sure that I always carved out one-on-one time with Georgia. So every day, like in the afternoon or in the morning when Liam went down for a sleep, you know, we would do something together. And so I found that that just really helped to prepare her and to help her adjust. And number 10, and I mentioned this before, routine is going to be your best friend. It's one thing not to have not to have one child in a routine, but if you don't have a routine for either and you've got two children who put themselves on their own little schedule, you are going to get so exhausted. And so, you know, it is good. Even when children get older, I've heard a lot of Jordan Peterson stuff where even with adults, he said one of the greatest ways to keep a good mental health, especially during all the COVID lockdowns, was to have a routine. We need routine. That's why like jobs and going out to work and uh, going out to study, it's all good for us. And if it's good for us as adults, it's good for children and it's good for a baby. So it's good for them and it's good for you and your sanity. Now, it might take you a little while to rework your routine, but 
try and work towards them, their sleep syncing together so that you um, can have some time out for your, to yourself as well and some rest time or some time to get things done. Now, I talked about naps in episode 130, episode 132, and last week's episode. Even if your uh, older child is that little bit older, if you've taught them to have rest time, which I talked about last week, you can coordinate babies nap time with your toddler's rest time. All right, so let me go through those 10 things again, lessons learned to help you transition from one child to two. Number one, divide and conquer everything, okay, between you and your partner, so it's not you doing everything. Number two, remember you've been here, but you haven't been here, so just be prepared for that. Number three, This is going to grow and mature you in the best way possible. And yes, it will be challenging, but it's good for you. Number four, be organized. Number five, surround yourself with good friends. Number six, live by your values as soon as you can. Start getting back into life. Number seven, find some little snippets during the day, each day to be alone. Number eight, Uh, Just remember how you've parented your first is going to be exposed in all its glory, the good, the bad, and the ugly when you have two. Number nine, do everything you can to prepare and help child one adjust. And number 10, routine will be your best friend. So there you go, guys. They are the 10 things I learned and that I hope will help you regardless um, of your child's personality. Like I said, Georgia was like dream child sleeping through the night by 12 weeks. Liam came out screaming. He literally came out screaming and didn't stop. I remember the midwives actually came to me one morning. I'm sure a new mum now would be offended but by this, but I didn't get offended. And she goes, Renee, your son is a monster and he grows two heads at night. I'm like, what are you talking about? Because they used to take him out for me so I could get some sleep. And they go, when we take him away from you, he screams and screams and screams, even though we give him some formula and, you know, obviously they're midwives, they know all the tricks. They go, but oh no, he screamed. I'm like, how come I didn't hear it? They go, we put him a long way away so that you wouldn't. And um, yeah, so I remember thinking, oh, this is going to be a challenge. But you know what? You can do this. You were made for this and you're going to be okay. But just be prepared. It is a stretch. Rely on your partner. Make sure you've got some good family and some good friends. But also be prepared to put your big girl mama pants on because you've got this because you are the one who is responsible for your children and you are the best person to raise them, to love them, to nurture them. And you've got everything that you need within yourself, within um, remember God as well, clearly remember God. You can pray. Just be like, God, give me strength. Give me the inner strength, the outer strength, and you've got good community around you. So you're going to be fine. Anyway, thank you for joining me. I love you guys. I am so, so... um, um, the love that you guys would come and listen every week. So honored. So have a wonderful week and I will see you next Wednesday for one of our normal episodes. Until then, have a great one. Bye.